Welcome to The Project, the podcast that elevates human consciousness, bringing you the most impactful and effective coaches in the industry to discuss how you can transform yourself to thrive in life. Maverick in the spa industry, constantly reinventing the wheel on how we do self-care and self-love. Let's listen in on the story of Odalisa Dominguez and how this mother of two has been able to build a giant business on her back with nothing but her wits and hard work. I was like, oh my God, this is it. This, this is it. Like, I'm going to go to school for this. When I, you know, finish what I have to do and open up a business, had no money, like for real, zero, like in the account, zero, no savings. But I was like, I don't care what's going to happen. I'm going to open up a spa. So I went and he asked me one question. He said, so what have you accomplished in your life? And I was like, oh, wow, nothing. <laughs> like, I really thought I didn't accomplish anything because I was like, well, I just have a son. Like, I don't know if that counts as uh, an accomplishment. He's like, yeah, of course, of course. But I, you know, I felt like I always felt a certain way because I didn't finish school, like college. And, you know, I, I did two semesters of business and I quit. I had to pay rent. You know, I had to. So I was always insecure about, oh, I'm not educated enough, you know, mm-hmm. but I educated myself not knowing that now, of course. And I was kind of like, oh, gosh, nothing. I didn't do anything, whatever. But it just stuck to me that he asked me that because I said, I really need to do something like, OK, I gave birth to the child. This is great. But I need to really step my game up in my life. So that was it. Two weeks into massage school. It just, you know, it was very calming. You do clinic hours and stuff like that. And I said, I'm going to open up a spa and I'm going to go straight to skincare school, cosmetology for skincare right after I graduate here. And once I did that, my son, I think he was about, I did it right away. I did it quick and I was doing the internet sales, you know, to, to make a living. But it was less hours. It was like the nine to five thing, you know, nine to five. And then I went to school at night and I did some weekends to just get those 600 hours out of the way. And that was it. I opened my first bar in 2008. We got a loan and it was great. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. Opened up the spa with my son's father. And, you know, I was being a mom and I was that working entrepreneur mom at 22. <laughs> Wow. Like sometimes I, it's hard to meet because now I'm 36. So when I meet young, you know, I mean, to me, I didn't think that was young. I thought 23 was old at that time. Like, oh my God, what do you mean? Like, I don't know what you want. <laughs> you're 23, you're an adult. <laughs> so at the, now when I speak to young, you know, young adults, um, they're like, oh, I don't know what I want to do. And I'm like, oh, wow, really? Like I had a child, I had a business at 23. Like, not that everyone needs to have a business, but, you know, you really need to dig deep. Like, if I didn't write those things, I would have never found that passion. And it had nothing to do with what I wrote. It had nothing to do with being a model, being a script writer, a nurse, nothing. <laughs> so that was pretty much where the foundation <clears throat> came from. And then when I opened up, you know, there was a lot of challenges, obviously. I never opened a real running business before. So between having a partner and it's like the father of your child, you know, people have different like expectations of what they think success is. So that was a big challenge with my partner at the time, just not leveled eye to eye. But I worked pretty much to the bone when I was there, like literally to the bone. Like my hands were like red, swollen all the time. I would never see daylight. It was like 
in the treatment room, mm-hmm. dark all day long. So Lisa, I have a question. Um, in regards to so like that first phase, right? Starting from your mom's salon yeah. to the point that you open up your own spa, yes. right? When you know you talked about the the education, like that was a thing hanging over your head, yeah. and at the time you didn't reflect on on your experience mm-hmm. being your unique education. Yeah. That you, that you kind of went through. How do you how do you see that now? I mean, now it's completely different because <clears throat> whenever I'm in a, a group of people, it's weird because the first thing people do judge you off that. They still do. Like they're like, "Oh wow, you didn't graduate." I'm like, "No," but now I'm okay saying that. But I'm like, "No, it just wasn't for me." Like my circumstances, one didn't allow it. My mind space wasn't in it. So now I'm like, that was my school. Like, yeah. I just thought it was my normal life. You know, like I was there to help my mom. That I, I didn't know then, obviously. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like so happy and proud of that. Like, So when you mentioned, when you mentioned like, you know, you speak to other individuals yeah. in the early 20s. Yeah. Um, that don't have kind of that grasp that you did at that age. Right. How do you, how do you see your experience, that, that learning environment that you were in compared to like the, the typical path, right? The typical path of schooling and this is what you do, yeah. A, B, C, D. How do you see that? Like, it sounds like you, you've found empowerment in your own journey, yeah. right? So my question is, how do you see your path with kind of the, the standard path? Yeah. It is a little challenging only because I, this is my opinion. I do feel that the more your family and you're able to give your children, the lazier they are. Like the, that, that hunger is not the same. And I can only say that off of my own experience with my children. Um, well, you know, with my teenager anyway. But I don't know. It, it's hard because, you know, I, I deal with a lot of people on a day-to-day basis. And I just find that it's like my circumstances made me that way. You know, what about if I had so much support from my family financially, mm-hmm. emotionally? Maybe I wouldn't have been that hard. Maybe I didn't need three jobs. Maybe I would stuck to one and it would have taken me longer. You know, mm-hmm. even though I have the drive, I think it would have taken longer to yeah. still get there, you know? Because yeah. it does come within, I feel, like for you to have that that go-getting and entrepreneurial, you know, mindset. But I don't know. I do feel as with circumstance, like how, you know, I didn't have it, like, the majority of that path of okay you graduated great now you know you're gonna have college and i didn't have that support you know my family was just like whatever <laughs> like well you gotta work like that's it you know what i mean so yeah. i was like all right i gotta work and i don't want to ever be in situations that they're in mm-hmm. so it was like well how do we make that happen you know but guidance is important now looking at it it's like damn if i would have had a little more support yeah. i think i would have made different choices and you know what I mean? Like maybe research other things versus how do I make more money? You know, because that was my mindset at the time. Yeah. But it's deeper than that. Yeah. I think in hindsight, we all look, we can all look back and say, oh, I could have done this. I could have yes. done that. But we really don't even know. ever know. I know. Right? We, we just kind of speculate on what could have happened. But I mean, listening to your story, I, I think I, I saw a lot of the training because like me coming coming from that schooling and that I, you know, I have a degree in bachelor's, yeah. master, master's. And when I came into the entrepreneurial world, I had no idea what the hell I was doing. Of course. And there was the actual learning curve that comes with that. 
and you know meeting Francis and then giving me some guidance and then obviously meeting you yeah. and some of the other entrepreneurs you start learning and you know that like again and I think it kind of falls back on what she said is like this definition of success yes it's right? huge yeah so like what is I'm curious for you like what's your definition of success oh my gosh I mean money is important for sure like I feel like savings is important but when you start it's hard to even think about that but for me right now, right, because I feel like it changes for me. Like a few years ago, it's so different from what I felt. Success. Like to me, success was, yeah, I opened my business, it's running, like, oh, God, this is awesome. But now I'm like, all right, cool, <laughs> that's fine. Like it, it's accomplished and I'm really proud of it. But now for me, success is hanging out with my family <laughs> on the weekend and having my team, like me being able to be here and not worry that people are calling and emailing like that's being taken care of. And that I can go away in August. I think that's success to me. Freedom. Freedom. Oh my gosh. Like beyond. And what I think of success is just me, you know, being able to work anywhere in the world that I want, you know, while my business is running. And I feel I could see it, you know, I could really see it. But success to me is not having that amazing car and having Gucci shoes. Like that's not, to me, it's this. It's like I can buy a package of a 10. I can buy, you know, I can... Um, buy a $20 salad like to me that's success like yeah. I don't know you know other people are like oh you know I don't really wear jewelry everyone flashes differently but I don't like to flash you know but success to me is just doing what I love like what I love to do speaking to people that I think are amazing and just like staying away from like that material world of things you know because I mean nice things are great like if they're gifts like I'll take them <laughs> but not that's not the key you know you see that like in the videos and you know i have a teenage son so he sees all this oh i want gucci slippers dude you are not gonna have gucci sneakers up in this house <laughs> like unless you get your job and you do but it's like that's what you see and it's like that's not what's important you know mm -hmm. but success is the freedom to me like being able to be okay and being like wow okay what would you tell before we, i want to want to go to the next phase of your story mm -hmm. But right now, at this point, what would you tell that first phase of your story, a younger version of you? If you can meet that 21-year-old, mm -hmm. what would you tell her? Oh, my God. I would tell her to get a therapist yeah. <laughs> at 21. Honestly, I, you know, it's one thing to have an entrepreneurial spirit and hustle spirit. I just feel that once, once I settled in, you remember the pain. And you're like, oh, damn, like I'm still dealing with this shit, you know? Yeah. So I feel like getting a therapist that early on, I think would have been good because I, I ended up getting one a little bit after. But talking to the right people, you know, when when I first started, like people just wanted to be there for your success. And I didn't see that. I just thought everyone wanted to be there. Like I really was blinded by that. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, everyone's here to support. But it wasn't like that. So I, I think I would just maybe of course be more mindful with your surroundings and i don't know doing more research on yourself you know because you're still you know i was young like not you know now i'm like oh my god i was a young girl and i was a parent already so i was like just getting the right guidance to what my life was you know i wasn't i was still kind of partying with having a child not crazy but i still wanted to i had that itch like damn i need to, <laughs> I need to go out i can't you know 
kind of having guidance with maybe younger mom groups or I didn't know they existed until later on. You know, I was always judged when I went to my son's swimming class. Like, oh, look at this young girl. Like, I don't know. I was like, well, I'm just a human. Like, yeah. I'm here trying to, like, make my son rest. <laughs> so, you know, I think it would just be more guided things on my circumstance. I didn't know these groups existed. I don't even, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure they did. I just didn't know they did within our community. And, you know, our family, you know, the culture, my family is Dominican. Like, they, it wasn't about talking. It wasn't, it's just, this is what it is. Do what you got to do and keep it moving. Like, okay. <laughs> but what is that? Like, okay. So do I feel this way forever? I feel weird. I feel sad, even though I'm happy that I'm, you know, successful now with my first stage of my business. But there's so many things that are so much deeper than that. So basically, yeah, the <laughs> the emotional support aspect. Yes, the emotional support. Because you mentioned the therapist, but you also mentioned like support groups for yes, as a mom. You know? Yes, yes. No clue what I was doing. We, we always talk about it, like how being an entrepreneur is really about self-development. It is. It's like, it's your whole life encompassing <laughs> and making money. Like, how oh, do you get your life to make you have a monetary value and create success? Exactly. Not from a third party, it's just strictly from you. Absolutely. And that, And in order to do that, it has to come within. It does. So the only way you do that is by start figuring yourself out. So I think that's a pretty amazing thing. Yes. In hindsight, you were, you were able to kind of reflect on that. And understand. Absolutely. And that, that's a big aspect of that um, also goes into understanding the balance with it, right? Because first is like, just like you guys mentioned, the trigger of the money and pushing into that realm only mm -hmm. to only find yourself, wait, Oh, I don't know. I feel like I made it if I'm already achieving. Yeah, aspect. absolutely. Because there's other things that you're blinding to. And to continue being, to be able to be that entrepreneur and you understand your needs and wants a lot better, now you start expanding your your interpretation, as you mentioned, of that success. Absolutely. And I think that comes with time, but that that's, goes hand in hand with entrepreneurship. It does. One thing with uh, entrepreneurship that, that, I personally have found and seen is that people that, you know, work a nine to five and kind of never even experienced that realm, they have this interpretation of, oh, you own your own business and so you got money, right? Yeah. And is this this whole <laughs> kind of thing? Because so when you have a business, all your money goes into the business. Yeah. It's to creating all these things and everything had a purpose. Like if you buy yourself a <laughs> pair of shoes, they're because the, for the look of the business, for all this stuff, yeah. like it all intertwines. So it has this kind of, this reasoning behind it. Yeah. It's not just for your personal, oh, I just want to yeah, throw no. some money out. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, no. um, so I've noticed that, that a lot of people like have this expectation, right? And you mentioned something like uh, people coming around that you think is like to support, but it's just like they're riding the wave with you or whatever. And they also expect to be taken care of. It's like, yeah. oh, but you got money. You got a business yeah. to yeah. take care of me. So why can't I get a, a massage for 50% off? Yeah, for that's, that's You pay the bill at dinner. Wow, yeah. you got it. Exactly. <laughs> so let's talk about that. Let's shift into that second phase. When you you said, you mentioned already, you open up the, the new spa and you're working your hands dry. Mm -hmm. Tell me from there. Yeah, so I realized... Maybe three years. I was there for seven years. 2008 to what? What's the math? 2008, 12, 12 years. 2008? Yeah, 2008, seven years later was what? Oh, 2013? 2017, 2013, yeah. So seven years. So three years in, 
you know, I'm with like a child too. So it was like, oh my gosh, this is exhausting, you know, but I was young, still like strong and I was like, okay, I got this, you know, but I realized like, oh, I'm just not happy. Like, how am I, <laughs> like, how am I in this treatment room treating everyone like to feel better, giving them that advice too. Like, oh, this is great. Taking care of yourself. And I, I never did. I hardly took care of myself. I never really gave myself massages. Well, you know, like the therapist, I was like, oh, we're exhausted. How am I going to now ask, you know, somebody else? But I think it was more, I did realize, like, I don't know. I felt like, oh my God, I'm being taken advantage of. Like, I'm like really overworking myself. And I don't know. I just had this like shift in my mind. So that's when I discovered um, weekend retreats. Mm-hmm. There was a client that mentioned something about, oh, I went to this retreat. I'm like, oh, what, what is it? Like, what, what was it? Because <laughs> I'm thinking, I need something like this. And I went to the retreat, and that's when my mind shifted big time. Um, it was the energy of money. It was like the perfect, perfect thing. You know, like things are just meant for you. So three years into that business, I was like, how is it that we still are like struggling with paying rent? How is it that we're still struggling to pay our own rent at home? How, like how, how, you know? I mean, unfortunately my partner at the time saw that the business was booming because the nine to five mindset is, oh, we're good. Like, oh my God, Mother's Day weekend was open. Like $3,000 came in. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Those 3,000 doesn't mean it's ours. Like we have to pay, we have to, the light is due. Um, hold on. Like, you know, people just don't see it in that, again, from experience because mm-hmm. You know, you he's never, you know, my mom and our family always had the lights come off and in the salon and at home, like lights went out, you know, rent was paid, like do and you know, there's a lot of struggle and I'm like, No, 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 this is great, but it's not great. We have to know where to put everything, you know. Mm-hmm. Again, still have that new child, like, you know, to me having a new child is like for a good six years. You're like, Oh my god, what do I do? What do I do? <laughs> Every year is like something new. And then I don't know, like our again, it was like, wait what are we doing? You can't spend money on this. We have to spend it on here. And it was a lot of like, how do I focus on servicing, bringing in the money to the house and then have to then explain it to my partner? Like I can't do this. And I sleep with my partner. So it's like, I got to take care of your home too. We can't do this. (laughs) Like you need to get it together. So three years into it, I was like, I don't know if this is for me, like this, the relationship. I don't know if this space is for me. Like I had to figure that out. That was a tipping point. So I went on those retreats. That one retreat was energy of money. I was like, oh, that's the weekend I'm free. I'm just blocking me off. I'm out of here. I left. And it was a whole weekend. And it was just like the most amazing experience that I ever experienced in my life. Had nothing to do with money. <laughs> it was just mm-hmm. like so stupid. <laughs> I was like, oh, so I'm not gonna take care of my finances. <laughs> no, it wasn't like that. It was a lot deeper than that. And that's when I realized I need to shift. Because I am the one who will control the shifting in the energy of my bank accounts. Mm-hmm. So I, I went back. It was nice, you know, but, you know, I have a full book. So, you know, I'm trying to like balance. How do I do this? How do I do this? Before you go move on after that, because that's, to me, that's the real interesting part. So you said a whole mental shift. Yes. So kind of a, a awakening of consciousness yes. of, your, of yourself and yep. your your. Uh, ability to grow and adapt. Yeah. So tell me, tell us a little bit about that. Like, tell us what, if you can encompass in small yeah. words, because I know those experiences are more experience based yeah, rather yeah. than you know logic based. So there was this woman I met. She was right next to me. It was a huge thing, and she said she was like well off, and she's this and she's that, and I'm like, well, what is she doing here? <laughs> like, what, what are you doing? And she's like, you know, I, but there was something about the conversation that stood out, and she said. How about you? Like, 
why do you feel whatever? And I'm like, honestly, I have a lot of credibility. So I shouldn't even be in this situation. Like we were talking about finances. And she just was like, oh my God. Like to her, that was like crazy. So when I went back home, that's what made my mind shift. Cause I'm like, here we are, right? Going through the same thing. Yet she's financially beyond stable. And then here I am with no money. I'm like, oh, what are we like? You know, that's when I was like, whoa. So that's when I decided to talk to my partner. I was like, look, I think we have to shift things a little bit because, you know, when people are not on the same page, it's like you can never, it's just, you're going to bump heads all the time. So I feel that eventually I just said, how do I leave here? Mm-hmm. But it took me four years to leave because of the comfort. Damn, I have my clients here. Like, I built this. I did this. I kept saying, I, I built this. I designed this. Mm-hmm. I bought this. I, I just had that in me. Like, no, I'm not leaving here. You need to leave. Mm-hmm. That was a battle for years. And it was like, I think then the other, sh- I between more therapists because I had in between after that third year, I got two therapists. I had one like a coach, coach that it was more like, like month to month. This is what we got to do for you to get past. And I was really angry. You know, I was like angry and upset. Like, like how am I working this hard? And you're just kind of chilling and you think, you know, what you're doing, we don't have a clue. So was I was like, during the time when, you know, because I remember you mentioned like you were sleeping at the spa. Yeah, so that came right before I left. Um, the spa. So the retreat? Well, yeah. Okay. Oh, that was toward so the end of leaving. 2014, 15. Yeah, right before. No, I left 2014. August of 2014. Okay. Or July, something like that. Um, no, that was like right after. It was like five, six years then. Mm-hmm. So after all those years, it was just hard to like, I, to me, it's the nine to five mentality. That's it. This is my schedule. I have a full book. I'm making good tips. Like it was my regular life paycheck now. So it was hard for me to like leave. How do I leave something I built? Like literally built. Yeah. Like how do I start over? How do I leave here? <laughs> like I, it was a big struggle for a long time. So I, you know, eventually I separated with my son's father within that three year mark. And that was another struggle because then here I am, single mom now, doesn't want to help, being an asshole. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't have my son living place to place, but I did. That's when I had to then sleep on my brother's food time, go to my mom's for a few months, you know, like all my grandpa's house. I think that year I moved to a few places because I was like, I don't want to be in this relationship. So it's like, I'll do whatever it takes. My son's still little enough to not really get it. He thought it was kind of fun <laughs> going everywhere. So until I found that apartment, which actually he helped me with part of the deposit, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So it was like awesome. It was like, okay, that's what I got to do. This is what I'm doing. And once you're in a space that you can breathe and you're not dealing with the cooking and the music here and getting kicked out on the weekends because my, you know, my siblings were like, I need my space on the weekends. And that's when I would sleep in the salon mm-hmm. or the spa. You know, and in that time, because, you know, it's like, all right, well, this is his base. I mean, I would never do that. I would leave, but, you know, everyone has their own yeah. way of doing. But then I would sleep the weekends at the spa because I didn't want to worry my mom. And then I was like, I got to be here anyway at seven in the morning. So I just get up, there's a shower here. <laughs> and my son was always taken care of on the weekend. Problem with that. So, yeah, he wasn't with me on the weekend. So it just worked. It worked because 
And it, I set it up that way because I worked so much on the weekend. I was like, well, you have them during the weekend. I worked my butt off and it worked. So it's like, all right, we'll do the futon thing, moving around thing, and I'll sleep. The I slept for like a good three or four weeks in the salon until I got the apartment. But yeah, that happened. And that's when I knew. I was like, I need to leave no matter where I start. So when you hit that kind of low, and yeah. you like don't have a place to, mm-hmm. to sleep in, yeah. where you're car got repoed. Oh yes. Yeah, yeah, I got repossessed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right in front of me, right like this. Like I saw the window, I came out of a tree and I was sweating. And the car just oh wow, there it goes. There it goes, yeah. But I got it back. So <laughs> I got the car back. <laughs> <laughs> On that that bottom, right? That mm-hmm. kind of crashed mm-hmm. at the bottom that, yeah, that is like basically your basic needs yes. aren't being met in life. Exactly. Right? Which is terrifying. There's no certainty. Yeah. What was so, and this is looking at you as an entrepreneur at that point. Yeah. What kept you in the game? Like, whatever, this is not for me. I got to go find a nine to five type of thing. What was that message to you? What pushed you into figuring it out as opposed to yeah. quitting? I mean, I felt that. I wasn't going to have support or be with my son if I did a nine to five. I said, well, how do I do it for him? It's not fair. So I feel like that pushed me to be like, yeah. And I just knew that I would always be able to make more money and less time than the nine to five. So I, that mentality just never shifted for me. It was like, okay, I can get $350 or whatever. I don't know, $15 an hour at the time. I don't know what that is in 40 hours. (laughs) Let me ask you this question. Because you're coming from a point of like not being... Being an entrepreneur, not being able to make enough money, mm-hmm. right? But what what keeps you locked into that hope that you can make more money this way, and you're just so, not? Yeah, going? no. The only reason was because the money wasn't being handled correctly. Okay. It's like I'm working, 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 and then you have the partner kind of figuring out where they're going to pay the bills. There's and the small bills. Mm-hmm. So it's like whoa, whoa, whoa. So where, where's mine? Like I'm the one out here <laughs> sweating my ass off. So. The money wasn't, I think I would have been able to have basic needs, very basic. But it's like, if someone else is taking care of their own thing first, while I'm in the sweatshop in the back, it's like the money's gone, you know, in a way, you know? So I feel that that's kind of the reason, but that's when I said, I need to leave. Like, yeah. this is not working. Like, it's not the place. It's the process of the partnership and the business here. So I think my mindset is like, it's not so much that the business is failing, it's that it's not being um, handled correctly. Gotcha. And, you know, there was anger issues, we were always arguing. And, you know, once the car got repossessed, I was like, I flipped out. Like, I was like, there is no sin up in here. Like, I threw stuff at the, you know, like, I was angry. Like, I was in the front desk, like, well, I'm out. Like, you said you were paying that. Like, I'm, I'm you know, I'm working to pay the rent here. And then my car is getting repossessed. Like, are you crazy? That was the point right there. I yeah. said, I am out of here. <laughs> so it took me a good month and a half though. And I had to tell my clients, I had to kind of like maneuver that. But I did get the car back. It's really important. Because there's always a way. I never thought you can get a car back after it got repossessed, but I called Honda Finance and I said, Hey, listen, what do we do? And she's like, You have nine thousand dollars left. And I was like, Wow, like to pay it off. So I told I was like, Oh my god, nine thousand dollars. <laughs> Like, how am I going to do this? I'm like, is there any way to pay? I'm like, no, you basically couldn't pay it. So how are you going to make an arrangement? They said, make, write a letter of hardship or something like that. Didn't work. But okay. So I called a few friends, clients. I was like, hey, um, what's going on? (laughs) 
But I can promise you that I'll pay you $1,000 a month for nine months. Mm-hmm. One of my clients said, absolutely. Come get the cashier check. I'm like, oh, right now? I know. I'm like, okay, um, I don't have a car. <laughs> you live pretty far. So I got a ride. I got the check. I gave it to Honda Finance. Um, I had like extra tip cash money that I made to get the stupid towing because they charged crazy, crazy. Mm-hmm. It was good because it took me like two days to figure out how I was going <clears> to get the check cleared and all that. And I got the car back. But um, so that's when I took the Suze Orman book. Once I got the car back, I said, this is it. Unfortunately, I had to go through this even harder. Let me read the Suze Orman book, Another Shift. So I read it. And she said, you're living above your means. I'm thinking, dude, <laughs> I am not. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm barely, like, I could give food to the kid. It's like dollar menu it was, you know? So when I read it, I said, okay, let me think about this. I had some tea. I was looking over the window and I see the car that I got back, right? Just looking at it, like, maybe I'm living above my means because of the car. Like, no cable, no nothing. Like, it was just, you saw, it was nothing in my house. Except my son's room. And I said, you know what? I should just sell the car now. It's paid off. It's still in great condition. I'm going to sell it. And it was because I, I read something she read. Uh, I read something in her book that it said something. And I was like, maybe this is it. I can't afford this. The gas was crazy expensive at that time. It was like $80 a week. I was like, there it goes. $80 a week. How much is that? Like, I was like punching, punching, punching. And yeah. I, it was a big truck. Yeah, it was a big truck, you know, and I was like, this is it. I'm going to downgrade. So I downgraded the car. I bought a 2008 Mazda, which we still have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Crazy. And it was stick, stick shift. I learned how to drive stick that week because when I went to the dealership, they said, oh, we have the car for you. I was like, I want a $7,000 car because the the payoff, like to sell the car was 13 grand. I was like, oh, this is good. I'll have a little cushion. I'll buy a good condition car, seven, six grand, whatever it was, and I'll keep the rest, right? Oh my gosh. There was a car that pulls up and they're like, oh, that blue Mazda instead of the white one, that one's six grand. I'm like, oh, hold up. Why? Oh, because it's six shift. I want to take it. You know how to drive it? Nope, but I'm going to learn. And they're like, well, how? I'm like, I don't know, but I'm going to learn because that's a thousand dollars right there. Like, that's a lot of money. So I bought knowledge, the car. That knowledge of knowing how to drive stick shift was worth a thousand. I mean, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So I bought that car, bought the car and downgraded. My mom was like, oh my God. It was like a mess. But I'm like, same car is going to take me to the same place. Like, this is what we're doing. And that was the last time I was never broke again from that trade off. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, wow. obviously, I need more now, but. It was like, nope, we can't buy this. No, we can't do this. We got to pay this. Like, from that point, I said, I'm going to save those $1,000 that I didn't think I was going to have. And crunching numbers is my thing now. So, uh, I love it because your story is perfectly broken down into... into I mean, it's my whole life. (laughs) It's my life, you know? So, the second phase now, right, that we can say is the the bottom of the V is where everything kind of hit the bottom. Yeah. Which... Once you hit the bottom, there's only one place to go to, right? Yeah. Um, when when you look at your life, right, would you remove that bottom right now if you were able to do it all over again? I mean, obviously right now, because I'm in a better position, no, but I definitely didn't want to go through that. Uh-huh. It's a painful thing to talk about. Yeah. But is this something <laughs> that you feel like... It was all the time. 
that year, I think, mm-hmm. was the hard year. Like, it was hard. But the lessons that you got from there? They're amazing. Is there, is there any other experience that could have given you those lessons? Not, not that hard, I don't think so. <laughs> Like they were painful. They were painful times, you know. You know, one thing I noticed about your story was that, and I think this would this is what makes you a good entrepreneur based on what I observed and and what Francis tells me about you and your friendship with him, uh, is that you know how to value relationships very well. Absolutely. And that, like that one story that you told me about uh, your relationship with uh, your partner at that time. I think that was the one relationship based on what you said that it was very difficult for you to assess how to value that, yeah. that relationship. And I think the one thing that you do very well, and I think why you were so, so successful after that point on was that you were able to assess relationships yeah. and see which Absolutely. one was more value, mm-hmm. brings value, like in true value, right? Understanding who has the right intention yes. for your benefit and what's good yes. for you. And I, and I think that's pretty amazing that you were able to kind of come out with that perspective yes it's the growth mindset right yeah. that that view and and hope for the future and pushing yourself to that growth and everything you mentioned like the pity party situation yeah. where some people get to a point where they get that pity party and and then you know they just hang up and they live there and that's yeah. and it all falls down back to you know your your ego if having a pity party is like Letting everyone know, like, oh, look how hard he tried. And now, you know, he wasn't able to do it, but he really gave it his all. Yeah. And, and that element of it in and of itself yeah. is like, oh, you know, it was a good old try, you know, whatever. <laughs> but to have that that wherewithal of knowing that even as alluring as that pity party can be, mm-hmm. that, no, that this is not my mission. This is not what I set out to do. Right, that is greater than mm-hmm. that, especially you know having kids. Yeah. Right, having that uh, responsibility. Yeah, yeah. Of it, that no one else is going to come take care of this. Well, yeah, heck no. It's just you. Yeah, yeah it's you. Um, I think that's that's the real drive. That's the real kind of entrepreneurship Definitely. of a mentality. And I think what you said before about like, I'm not normal really comes into that because what we've seen is like not everyone has that entrepreneur kind of mindset yeah. spirit. And that's the reality, and it's because of that. Like we've we've said we've said ourselves. Like, yeah, you got to be a little bit crazy, a little bit not right <laughs> to Absolutely. do this because you face things that, by all logical means, yeah. you should quit. You Absolutely. should stop. Definitely. But something in you, it's just like because you want it that bad. Like I know when I go to certain panels, the people in the crowd always ask, "Well, what makes you?" It's like. I'm willing to not have cable in my house. I'm willing to wait three years to buy another pair of sneakers. Like those are the things you sacrifice to get to this point. But no, people want to look good and have nothing in your account. I'm like, I don't work that way. I need to feel good knowing that I have money in my account. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, okay, I could get these pairs of sneakers. Like that's it has to be reversed. And I make sure I say that because you know everyone looks so fly, and I'm like, wow, <laughs> fly and you know. To that point, like. This is the, the, we're talking about consciousness mm-hmm. now, um, is the the internal versus external, right? Yeah. Like you mentioned, I need to feel good. Yes. People 
uh, that want to have the shiniest mm -hmm. new stuff are about making the world Thing. see them as as the looking that good. Yeah, and, and that's a big that's a big shift from going from that external pretentious yeah. growth yeah. to that internal growth, that internal kind of satisfaction in yourself. Yes. That's what it requires. Like that's that's what you need in order to be hungry enough, right? And and I think that gets mixed up, flipped around and cooked the wrong way because everyone always talking about the end of the journey, yes. right? The end when you can buy those things in that yes. that's where it's everyone's okay. rushing. Yes. Is there even an, an end to it? Heck no. Is it how, I, is I, think <laughs> I think people have a, mis a misconception of like a journey in itself. Yeah, like, there's no. never an end. The end is when you die. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's really the end. Not even when you die because your story keeps going. Yeah, the legacy that you live. Yeah, because even now, like, yeah, success is what I feel success is. But, you know, when I'm 70 years old, 80, you know, I'm, I know I'm going to want to pursue something that I can't right now. Thank you. We truly appreciate the time you just spent with us. Leave us a review and share your thoughts on this topic to continue the discussion. If you are working on raising human consciousness, please reach out to us to be a guest on the project. If you enjoyed this, consider subscribing and share this as a gift with anyone in your network whom you believe may benefit. We need your help in elevating this world. To learn more about Moses and myself, check us out at vidaproject.com, that's V-I-D-A project.com, or our Instagram handles at MosesMovesALot and mine at Rancis Vida Project. Stay tuned for our next episode. And as always, continue to elevate.